0: Who doesn't love a parade? Right? There's that song. I mean, it's old. There was some movie, I love a parade. I love the tramping feet. I love the, right? Y'all know that song? You've heard it somewhere down the line. I love, I love a parade. Who doesn't love a parade? Parades are joyous time, right? They're a joyous time of excitement, of pageantry, and, and spectacle. All right, think about think about the Thanksgiving Day parade with all those balloons, right? <clears throat> it is when the community comes together in celebration. There's something being celebrated if there's a parade. In, in Europe, where I pastor, they do a parade during African-American Heritage Month. The church gets afloat. We're throwing candy and other things around. And then there's, there's a fish fry at the school. There's, there's even something better, more to come with the parade. <clears throat> when I was growing up in Columbia, and it was like the 1970s, my sister attended Booker T. Washington High School. It was the first black high school in Columbia. And there was the Christmas parade, right? Yes, there was a Santa Claus at the end, but the band right before Santa Claus was the marching 101, right? Black and gold. And they would come, you know how we do this, right? And one year they'd played a little Christmas song, and then they broke out into the theme from Hawaii 50 0 Oh, man, we were all dancing. And basically, a lot of the African Americans, we just followed the band. We never really saw the Santa Claus at the end. But we, it was a parade. The Christmas parade always signaled that something exciting, something wonderful, something good, something more was coming. And in fact, it was almost here. So on this, our last Sunday of Lent, we joined a parade of sorts. These worshipers have come to Jerusalem for for Passover. Perhaps some of them had followed Jesus from Bethany and had been present when he raised Lazarus from the dead. I would follow Jesus if I had seen that, right? Man, I would be heading wherever he was going. Maybe some of them had been with Jesus when he fed the 5,000. Imagine being in the valley and, and you saw him lift up those two little fishes and those five loaves of bread, and you had food to take home, I would follow Jesus? Maybe some have had witnessed miracle after miracle. Maybe they had seen the blind man get his sight. Maybe they had seen the, the man on the mat get up and walk. Maybe they had just been around Jesus when he said something that was loving and wonderful. They were approaching Jerusalem, that holy city, with messianic expectations, with the hope of salvation from oppression. And in Jesus, they had come to see the expression of God's presence in the world. He had captured their imaginations with wondrous works, that he had performed, and he had nourished their souls with the word. Amen. So they were following, waving, and technically the text doesn't say palms, but that's all right. They were walking and waving these branches. They had put the branches down before Jesus, ready to walk into Jerusalem. Can't you almost feel the excitement? Can't you see the royal carpet of branches and cloaks that the crowd laid before Jesus? And can't you hear the chants? Hosanna! Hosanna! It means save us. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. How excited, how thrilled they must have been. But we need to know that it meant something to be present at this parade It meant something to offer praise to Jesus, to find one's hope and to seek one's salvation in Jesus and not in the authority and power of their Roman overlords, not in the power and principalities of this world. You see, their praise was provocative, not just just because it is a challenge, that it was contrary to Rome but because it also takes place amid this swirl of diverse and even conflicting messianic expectations among the people. There were those who joined the parade who wanted a savior who would confront, and some even violently overthrow Rome and their religious leaders who collaborated with Rome. Some may have wanted more of what they had already experienced. Some of them may have wanted more of the good that Jesus gave them. Even with their conflicting expectations, their their shouts of acclamation meant that they believed Jesus to be the one for whom they had been waiting. The one who comes in the name of the Lord, who would challenge and change their future and their current situation. All of this, the crowds, their chants, Jesus' action in the temple courts, continue reading Matthew 21, and you'll see that Jesus went to the temple and started turning things, tables over, okay? Jesus is cursing a fig tree, and of course talking a little trash to the Pharisees, right, to the religious leaders. His teachings there in the temple and the anticipation of what was to come put the whole city in turmoil. The, the, the Greek in the text, the city was shaking. And we are told at the end of this text that the religious leaders, to appease their Roman overlords, began plotting Jesus' death. Because the, the word from the psalm that the cornerstone that the builders rejected is also at the tail end of that Matthew text. And yet this King Jesus, who entered Jerusalem, was keenly aware of what awaited him. Jesus knew that the people desired civil rebellion against Roman occupation. He knew the actions and activity of the religious leaders. He knew how those he loved would betray and desert him and even deny him and that the very people he came to save would change their chance of Hosanna to crucify him. How fickle, how double-minded can you be? This is what we know about the participants in that parade. What gives? Why? after all that Jesus did after, after they had heralded his, heralded his arrival with pomp and circumstance as he entered Jerusalem, why, why, why would they then participate in his violent departure? One commentator wonders whether they got caught up into the ways of the world. Did they succumb to the notion that violence saves? That you have to fight Fire? With fire. And unless we think that we're just onlookers and bystanders of this parade, just consider the gone culture in America. Did they so quickly determine that there is no glory or no good can come of turning the other cheek? Of praying for your enemies and and those who persecute you? Or were they just disappointed that he was not the Messiah that they wanted, that he wouldn't give them what they thought they needed and how they thought they should be saved? Or what salvation ought to look like? What motivated them to do what they did? What motivates us? What do we believe Jesus has come to accomplish in this world and in our lives? Do we believe that Jesus has come to give us what we want so that we might have life and have it more abundantly? And abundant life means money and stuff. Right? Do we believe Jesus did all of this Do we believe that Jesus did all that he did, that he came, that he walked this earth, that he healed the sick, that he raised the dead, that he taught about God's love and God's kingdom here on earth? Do we believe that Jesus did all that he did, that he went to the cross, he was beaten and he died and he rose again? Do we believe that Jesus did all of this to leave the world and us unchanged? We cry out for salvation, but we often want it on our terms. We deny, betray, and desert Christ. We reject his teachings, or at the very least, we reframe them in a way that suits us, or at the very least, doesn't challenge us, or doesn't change us too much. I mean, what do we seek in Jesus? following Jesus why why did we join the parade and we have joined the parade what does it mean for us to come or to watch service Sunday after Sunday after Sunday what does it mean to pledge our allegiance and affirm our faith in him and then more often than not turn our attention to everything but him the rest of the week Especially this week. I don't know if you notice, but a lot of um, things will make it Palm Passion Sunday, but not 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 this time. Just the palms. I believe that people will not do much on Holy Week. There's too much shopping to do. Lots of good sales. Got to have that Easter outfit. All these other things to do. The grocery shopping, got to get all the cooking because people are coming over. I wonder, y'all, will we have the courage, will we have the conviction to not just march with Jesus to the inside of the gates of the city, To not just march with Jesus to the temple or to the church, but all the way through to the betrayal, the garden, the arrest, the trial, and the painful crucifying parts of Jesus' journey. We began this Lenten journey recognizing our need for self-reflection, to get stronger in the faith, to engage in the intentional work of seeking a change of heart, lest we think we have already arrived. Not just a change in heart, but a change in our actions. Surely we know, not n- no matter how long we have been on the journey with Jesus, that we are not all that he calls us and commands us to be. We set out to see truths that would shatter our self-understanding and push us beyond what we think our limits are in, in ways that would strengthen us for the journey ahead, for our ongoing walk with Christ. So I wonder, how did we do this Lenten season? Are we more able to follow Christ more nearly? Have we deepened our love for him? Have we discovered a sin that just, kind of like the gum on our shoe, just sticks? Know that our Lenten journey is not complete without going all the way with Jesus. Everyone loves the parade, right? And everyone loves the party. Everyone loves the parade of Palm Sunday and the party of Easter, but not willing to walk with Jesus through the middle. We must go with him beyond the parade, beyond the palm waving to the cross. Like it or not. We are all in the parade. We're all there. Every single one of us. But we have the opportunity for more. We have the opportunity to deepen our understanding of ourselves, of our discipleship, of God's ongoing, liberative work in Christ. We get to do that. Always. And know that Christ loves us beyond our fickleness to call us onward to faith. Amen. Amen. And amen.